We are all striving for our lives to be in balance, but how does fear prevent it? Broadcasting from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio at the Gas South Convention Center in Duluth, Georgia, it's time to design your life on Status Life with Lita. Status Life with Lita is presented by Derek Hayes Law at 404-777-HURT. And by Five Strands Affordable Testing. Invest in your health at fivestrands.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Status Life with Lita on Business Radio X. I'm the host of the show, Derek Hayes. I'm here to introduce the star of our show, Miss Lita Brooks Hayes. Hello, Lita. I should say Mrs. My mic wasn't on, but I'm here. Hey. Yeah. hey. And I like how you're saying it. And did you hear Mike's intro? Everybody's saying Lita. Lita. Yeah. And I stand in front of the mirror an hour for hours practice. You probably did Lita. with your southern accent. Well, Lita has been working as an interior designer for over 20 years. She's incredibly talented and has since branched out and opened multiple retail stores, an online marketplace, and is now blogging and podcasting full-time. If that wasn't enough, Lita is a mother of two and devotes her time to teaching others how to achieve their goals and live life to the fullest. She sums it up best in her branded hashtag, Design Your Life. I'm here. Yeah, you are. Well, we talked last time about an incredible adventure you're about to go on in December. And we're in 2023. I know podcasts live forever, but I do want to talk about that a little bit more because the fundraising has started. Yes. So let's discuss KDA. Okay. KDA is kidney donor athlete. So if you're following my journey and you know my story, I was able to give my father one of my kidneys back in 2017. And I urge everyone to go listen to the last show. We met with Natalie News, and she's on the board of directors of kidney donor athletes. So much good information and statistics and the whole why on why I'm going on this adventure. So I was picked. Uh, there's 19 kidney donors from across the United States, and we are flying to Guatemala to summit three volcanoes back to back to back. And it's quite an adventure. I am heavy, heavy into the training right now. And fundraising, uh, KDA, the whole mission is to show anyone out there, to show an athlete, to show anyone who lives a healthy lifestyle that they absolutely make the best donors, that we have two kidneys and we only need one. And by showing, you know, this is what we can do. We're doing these crazy adventures. Do not be afraid to donate. You went through it very fast. I want to stress what you're doing. You're summiting three volcanoes, yes. several thousand feet up. Yes. One with a live volcano literally next to you. And you're going to stop halfway on that one, the dormant volcano, spend the night, get up early in the morning, three or four in the morning, and then go the rest of the way to the top Correct. of that volcano. To hit the active one by sunrise. And then it'll be a full day down. So we go up, down one day, up, down another day on volcanoes. Yeah. And then a two-day, I believe it's called Fuego. We're going we're gonna to camp on the side of, an, of a volcano and then get all the way up. That's so intense. It's going to be very intense. The training whew, is a lot. And it's hot. We're in Georgia. I don't know where you're listening to this podcast, but it... It with the heat index yeah. is probably a hundred yesterday, right. and I'm training and I'm lifting and I'm squatting, and the gym has no air, and I was <laughs> pretty much half dead on the couch last night. Yeah. But I'm doing all of this on one kidney, so I can complain about the heat and I in the training, but I'm doing this just to absolutely encourage anyone else 
There are people out there that are waiting and waiting and waiting. Um, unfortunately, one of my dear friends, her mother had passed away waiting for a kidney. She did not have a donor, and I just feel like it is my mission, having been a donor and realizing, yes, it is a major surgery, but it is also a life-saving surgery, and I am perfectly healthy, and I can do crazy adventures, and I can train in the heat, and I'm going to help save lives. Well, you donated the kidney before you and I met, and I literally knew nothing about it. I knew nothing at all about kidney donation or how uh, effective it can be and, and obviously what all went into it. But I've watched you since then do a 25K. I know before that you were an ultra runner, 50Ks, 25Ks. I think you said you trained six months on, six months off. So the intense regimen you went through athletically prior to the donation made you a perfect candidate to donate. But even now, after the fact, you're still able to do that kind of stuff. Yes. Yes, that's you are. Amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, you know, just my journey and being a mom and my physical ability. But some of these other donors, if you go to kidneydonorathletes.org, the bios are up there. I mean, there are some incredible feats. These people, you know, we've got They've done Kilimanjaro, we've got kayakers, we've got incredible ultra runners. I mean, the the level of athletes that are doing this are just amazing. And I'm honored to be a part of it. I got chosen. This was an application that I submitted. And so this isn't, I say an elite group, but we're just kidney donors. <laughs> and, we're, you know, it's going to it's gonna be a lie. I don't know anyone. Yeah. This, I'm going into this completely blind, and I just feel like I'm about to go make 20 new best friends. Plus a whole bunch of Sherpas. Love it. Well, they, they, yes, they're <laughs> they're going to be your really your really big best friends. If if you need help, exactly, yes, they exactly. they will be taking our luggage from city to city. And if you really get, um, it's the altitude that we're it's going to be one of the biggest challenges. Uh, if you start feeling sick, you're supposed to notify them immediately. So I'm learning all this, mm -hmm. but please go kidney donors uh, kidneydonorathletes.org. That is the main page. But status life with Lita, all the links are up. If you want to read more about it, if you're able to donate, this goes to a wonderful cause and a wonderful mission. Uh, if you go to my Instagram, you know, at the top, you do the link in bio, everything is linked. My donation page is right there. So even if you're listening to this in three months and the climb has come and gone, all the information, the videos, the videographer is coming with us on the trip, you can still donate. If you feel passionate about this, this does not stop when I go to Guatemala. This is a continuous, you know, nonprofit that needs our support. Absolutely. Everybody hear that again. Donate, donate, donate. Oh, thank you. Go to Lita's page and, and feel free to donate as much as you can. This is a great cause and the videos will be incredible when they come back. All right. Well, let's go to today's show because yes. we have an incredible guest and we'll let you introduce I'm, her. Yes. I'm so excited. Cynthia is here. Welcome, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm staring at the very beautiful Miss Cynthia Simonson. And Cynthia, you are a life coach. And before we get into the topic that I have brought you here to help all of our listeners understand, we met through a mastermind, uh, through someone who's in the mastermind with me. And she had just kind of thrown it out there. Hey, my friend Cynthia is a certified life coach. If anyone wants to work with her, I just felt this nudge. I've, I've got something, and maybe we'll do a show on it. I, that's not the topic for today. But I just, I have something. I kind of felt like it was a blockage. I needed to talk to somebody. And it just, it just kept tugging at me. And I reached out to you, and we did a session, and it was wonderful. And it was time to stop because you had another session, and I just felt like I could keep going and going and just getting to know you better coming on this podcast. I can see why I feel like that, because you are full of knowledge and expertise. Explain to our listeners being a life coach. Uh, I don't know that everyone really understands that concept. So what is it, and truly, how do you help people? 
Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so good to to know you both. So I kind of like to call life coaches like thought finders. It's like a really easy way to explain it because a life as a life coach, I sit down with my client and I don't know what they need to do in their life. I'm not the expert of their life. They are. But what I can do is I can recognize when you have thought errors, when the truth is actually hidden behind the thought that you're telling yourself. And so what we do together is we sit down, when we, you just share, you talk about what's going on. And as a thought finder, I just dig through and I'm listening and I'm listening for things that I can extract and that together we can explore. So we create a bunch of awareness for you. And then most of that benefit comes after the session. When you think about the things that we talked about and you think, huh, maybe I could see myself in a different way. Maybe this thought that I've always had about myself that's been holding me back isn't true. Maybe I am something, someone greater. Maybe I do have that potential. And a lot of people assume that maybe a life coach is like a counselor, but, and we are similar in some ways, but really a life coach, a counselor typically looks at someone and helps them with things in the past. And a life coach takes you where you are right now and helps you look to your future, creating those goals, um, achieving the things that, uh, finding your desires in the first place, because a lot of us hide those desires and help you to create the life that you want. I love that. And I remember when we were in our session and we were working and you just let me talk and I can do that. I can get in a story and very detail or Derek. <laughs> this is the point where I don't say anything. <laughs> she can laugh. You can't. Smart. Just husband. kidding. I know. But, but I, I, you said, okay. And I said, I have to tell you where I've been, which was some big career stuff. I've had this store and then we had this fire and then we had this. And then my dad got sick and it's a, it's a lot to unpack. And then I was in business burnout. And I'm saying all this because I've taken every one of these podcast listeners on this whole journey. And now I'm here and I feel like I can't get to the next step, whatever that looks like. And I want you to help me unpack it and figure out what all that is. So I think we need to do some sessions because I got to get there. <laughs> um, but I remember you really picking apart and you said, well, hold on. I want to pause on something you said. And, and we wrote it on the whiteboard and and this was all virtual, and I could see what you were doing. And, and by the end of it, I went, you were just asking these really, really poignant questions that were thought-provoking. And I remember saying, I've never thought about that before. And I just said it, and yet I'd never thought about it in the way you were getting me to think about it, whatever the issue was. And it was very eye-opening. And I left thinking, okay, that was one little problem, one little something that in 45 minutes we worked through and I felt a whole lot better about. So... We got to dig in and do a little <laughs> bit more work. Uh, but that brings us to today, and that brings us to the topic at hand, and really bringing your expertise, which is why I wanted you to be here. I really thought that I wanted to do another show about balance, and why specifically as a woman, but yet this is going to hit on everyone, because we're all striving for balance. I mean, Derek's striving for balance in working enough, you know, servicing his clients as he does as an attorney, but yet being home enough, you know, having a new wife, having stepchildren, having his own children, his physical health, wanting to get to the gym. I mean, there's still balance in that. Um, my balance in, in all of it, just being a mom, your balance, you have five children, you have five young children, and you're a certified life coach. But what really came out of the conversations that we were having is how much fear is tied to that. And so I'm going to let you sort of take it from the top because you know where we're going with this, talking about why is trying to achieve that balance so fearful? 
right? We're, we're trying to achieve something that has so much around it because it's truly unattainable. Yeah. Well, how many of us parents have had the fear, what if my kids grow up and they look back and think I didn't spend enough time with them? Huge guilt. Oh, like Huge it makes guilt. me want to cry, yes. right? What if my kids say to their kids, my mom wasn't really around enough because she was working? Like, oh, it just causes my whole body to flare up with fear, right? But what happens is, is when we choose to believe that thought and have that be the focus of our lives when we're considering our big decisions like, am I going to be working? Am I going to pursue this dream of mine? Then we start to hold back. And we're like, whoa, what if my kids really are frustrated with me in the long term and blame me for things? Oh, maybe I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't pursue something that's calling to me that I know I need to be doing. And then that fear is what we end up giving all of our power to. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. For me, it was, I was always late. So I was a career mom, but it was a trigger for them. My son has a ton of anxiety about being late. But when you're trying to get your briefcase together, you have a meeting, you have to look a certain way, you know, you can't just run them to the carpool. I have to get myself together. And everything I did, I was 10 to 30 minutes late. And it absolutely drove. So there's guilt. Even the teeny tiny little things like that. Are they eating enough healthy food? Or is it Zaxby's and Chick-fil-A every night? Because I'm coming from work, I'm exhausted, I've given a lot of my energy and my time to my career, it, you know, and, and I, all I wanted, I keep going back to that balance word, all I wanted was to say I have this great career during hours when they're in school, and yet I have this great home life, but I never, I never found it. I always felt like I was the hamster on the wheel. And it's so interesting because that thought was actually what was hurting you. Yes. Oh, absolutely. That thought, I want to have it be that I'm really focused during the day and I want to have this perfect mix of then being the mom at night. And then you put so much pressure on yourself. You know, it sounds like a nice, lovely thought, but the thought, oh, I just want to be so present and I want to be so perfect and so present and all of this was plaguing you because then every time that you took a phone call that was really important while you were with your kids, you were beating yourself up maybe after. Or every time you were at work and you were, you know, you know, I really do need to take off to go see that school performance, you were beating yourself up after. So it's that thought that was stopping you from saying, I am an amazing mother and I am an amazing business owner. And it's okay that sometimes we swing into the business realm and sometimes we swing into the mom realm and it gets crazy busy in each of those realms at times and we kind of neglect, not neglect literally our children, but we, you know, as we're not quite as present in those moments, can we give ourselves some grace instead of putting that pressure on balance? And I think that's what we don't do enough. And I want to, I'm looking at Derek you had your children, mm-hmm. you know, 100% custody. They were with you. They're, you know, from the time they were four and seven. We've talked about that mm-hmm. on the show, you know, through their adults now, but, you know, through their teenage years and, and you know, going through college and all that. You were also a partner in a law firm. I mean, Correct. what was on you was tremendous. I want you to tell your thoughts about what we're saying. How did you feel? Well, it was based in fear. It was based in guilt. As you said, my kids were solely with me when they were four and seven. Uh, did not spend much time at all with their mom uh, for a long period of time. So I had all the responsibilities that come with raising two kids. On top of that, yes, I was a partner in a law firm working 60, 70 hours a week, many of which were after midnight till two or three in the morning. And then I also, too, as part of being dad, 
I wanted to be as involved as I possibly could in their lives outside of the home and their school, so I coached every sport they played, including becoming the baseball director at our local park, coaching the travel team. I coached basketball, football, volleyball, softball. You know, it, it was, an um, again, to try and eliminate potentially the guilt of them not having a parent involved. Uh, and their mom wasn't um, in, in any of that, so it was my trying to compensate as one parent for the fact it was not, not a two-parent household. And that makes it even more difficult. Uh, with two parents, at least there's the opportunity for one to dedicate that time to this practice or this rehearsal or this recital, while the other one did those things outside the home, whether it's work or even responsibilities around the home, cutting the grass, cleaning the kitchen, whatever it may be. I had to do all of that and, again, be a single parent and try desperately to balance that, but yet there was still guilt that set in because I felt like I was always going to miss something. You can't be everywhere at all, uh, every time. No, and you can't. And then there's the work component. I mean, we're just talking about shuffling them, you know, from where they need to be. Sure. And, you know, all the hours that you would do that and yet not be in your office. And mm -hmm. it's, I don't have anyone in my, any one friend that doesn't struggle with this in some way. And that's why I think it's so relevant to talk about and to bring you on and to say, okay, there's got to be a way to look at this. There's got to be some things that we can tell ourselves because we all so easily, even if it, again, is just being late or worried about what they're eating. Or I was even saying I, before the show, I would do the laundry, but I never actually got it put away. Everybody just had a bad, I mean, then that's just running crazy. You know, did I spend enough time with them during those years reading their books at night or was I just needing them to go to bed so I could go back to work, right? It's this huge pull because time, it's, it's so limited. We only have a certain amount of hours in the day and we only have a certain amount of energy to give. And where are you going to give that? And I, even though I have a better schedule right now, I still feel very torn. Nothing, nothing has lifted that. Um, no matter what I'm doing. Uh, I helped Derek at the law firm and the summer yes, was challenging did. because I felt they should be at the pool or, you know, and I didn't, I don't know the whole, the whole thing. And then when she wanted to do swim team and I didn't, it was every single day and I didn't get to the law firm. So then I felt like I was letting him down. It's like, no matter what I do, I'm feeling like I'm letting someone down. Well, and I think that that's a perfect example of when we can rewrite our story. Because so often the way that we're viewing our story is through the lens of, I failed at this again. I let this person down again. But if we can hone in and see how we're being the superhero of the story and rewrite that story for ourselves. Like, I mean, just the other day I had, I think it was a crazier morning than normal because my husband was needing to leave early that day. And it was my son's in kindergarten, my third. And he's just so slow in the morning. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, he's just kind of dancing in the corner while I'm like, no, you're supposed to be packing your lunch. Like, let's come, let's go, let's go. So I'm like finishing buttoning his last button and he's running away from me. And I'm, I just got really frustrated with him. And I was like, come on, buddy, like stay with me. <laughs> I'm almost there. <laughs> and as I drove to school, I'd had, I think, well, as we were loading up the kids, I had to load them all because my husband was leaving three of the five, I think, were kind of crying on the way in. And we were getting in the car and I just said, I need a minute, guys. I, I can't have any questions. We're just going to turn on the music. And I need a minute because I was so down on myself and frustrated. And all I was focusing on was how I got frustrated at my son, the kindergartner, when he was running away from me and how I was a little bit impatient while getting the kids buckled and I was rushing everybody. And I just saw all of my weaknesses. 
But then I paused for a minute and said, wait a minute, I'm a superhero. That was amazing. Look at how you enabled your husband to go and do his thing this morning. Look at how you lovingly helped button his shirt. You know, you, you got it buttoned at least. <laughs> Look at how you're, you're showing up. You're trying. And it's okay. I love you, the messy and the put together parts of you, Cynthia. I'm embracing all of you. I want that. That's wonderful. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> <laughs> do you want that for me? Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. that's really special. That you have that ability to take that moment, take that breath, you know, pause and, and really re- rework that situation. Uh, we were talking about some of the fears we have, and I hope it's okay that I, I make you share this because I thought it was really interesting. But you said one of the fears that you have is a fear of looking frazzled. Tell yes. everyone what that, <laughs> what that means for you. Well, my husband and I always say a little joke because we have a friend who has a license plate that says frazzled. And so he sometimes will say, you've got the frazzled license plate today, you know, and just kind of kind of put off, oh, I think you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed. And that's like the goal in life that I have is I'm not going to appear frazzled. Yeah. You know, we chose to have five children and we chose to have them close together. And I'm not going to let a single person out there think that I was dumb about that. You know, yeah. I want to prove that we were, we, we was, was thought through. Don't ask me again if, if that was a mistake. <laughs> Nobody's a surprise. This yeah, was exactly. all, this yes. was intentional. Right. Right, right. I have such a, a a fight in me to prove I'm intentional. And sometimes that hurts me because then if I have to show the whole world that I have it put together and that I'm not frazzled and that I was intentional, then all of a sudden I get a tighter grip on the kids. Now you be, you behave so I don't look bad, right? Yeah, you know, and, yes. and I'm there and I'm telling them, if you keep acting this way, we'll never come back to the pool. You know, <laughs> you're screaming across the thing and people around me are judging me and maybe thinking, she had too many kids, right? <laughs> and I just get in my head about it. But as I keep on working with my own thoughts, I mean, the reason I'm a life coach is because I needed a life coach, right? I needed to figure out why I was so stressed about things so often. And as I keep on slowing down and recognizing I'm not frustrated right now because my kids are yelling each other at each other across the way in the pool over there. I'm frustrated right now because I'm saying in my head, are the other moms here judging me and saying that I have too many kids and I'm frazzled? That's fear-based. Fear, yeah. yeah. And that's also a terrific point to stop very quickly for a quick commercial break because I want to come back and talk about that a little more in detail and how the life coach aspect can help with those kind of things. So let's take this quick break and we'll be right back. Okay. Tired of experiencing bloating, eczema, diarrhea, or weight problems? Get to the root cause of your dietary discomforts with five strands affordable testing. No need to schedule time off work. Just collect and send in five strands of your hair to see how intolerant your body is responding to over 600 common food items. Intolerance reactions are not life-threatening like allergies, but are responsible for most daily discomforts. Achieve your dietary and lifestyle goals by visiting 5strands.com and ordering your at-home collection kit today. Hello, everyone. As a listener of the Status Life with Lita podcast, you already know I'm attorney Derek Hayes. I've been practicing law in the state of Georgia now for over 26 years. My firm specializes in cases involving personal injury, catastrophic injury, nursing home abuse, and any other situation where someone was injured by the negligence of others. As I've said before, if insurance companies ever resolve claims the way they should, I'd be out of a job. But I'm not worried about that happening. Did you know insurance adjusters are trained to pay you as little as possible to protect their company's bottom line? They say they're genuinely concerned about you, 
but really the goal is to settle the claim with you for far less money than you deserve. My job is to make sure they pay the full value of your claim and nothing less. You can speak directly with me by calling my office at 404-777-HURT, visit my website at DerekMHayes.com, or check out my social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And be sure to catch my podcast, Injury Insider with Derek Hayes, wherever you enjoy your favorite podcast. I look forward to speaking with you. Before the break, we were starting to talk a little bit more about fear. So, Cynthia, I have a question for you, and that is, why is it so hard for people to step out of fear? Yeah. Well, it catches us off guard, and we're very unconscious, I think, when we're in a stressful situation. So I'm there at the pool, like we talked about a minute ago. My kids are screaming across the way at each other. I'm starting to feel fear of what people are thinking about me. And in that moment, my, my brain is just like, do something, do something, you know, stop the screaming so you can feel better. So often for me, I try to be very gentle on myself in those moments. Just be like, you're feeling fear right now, aren't you? This is really stressful. And I even sometimes say that out loud when my kids are around me too. Like, I just let them know, hey, oh, I'm feeling really like stressed right now. Or I'm feeling kind of fearful that the people around are judging me right now. Or I just talk to them about my big feelings, trying to show them it's okay to have big feelings. And when we can actually identify that big feeling, then it gives us access to explore it. Okay. And Lita, I know you and I talked a little bit about fear and, and how it, uh, as a component of, of the balance issue for both of us. I mean, there's, there's countless examples I can come up in our own individual lives, but also too in our married life. The balance that we have of your kids, my kids, the home, my work, your work, time together. We try to be purposeful and take time with each other. And to me, that's one of the favorite days of the week is when she comes to the office because we truly spend the entire day together. Uh, to bring that balance in. But there's also the fear when we do that, we're missing out on something else. Your staff tells me you're nicer when I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> Let me write that down. Which, which staff members? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, Record that next time. Please. No, I mean, blending blending is challenging. I mean, blending, you know, there's different ages, there's different genders, there's, I mean, different, you know, history, different everything. I mean, you're you're coming different divorces. I mean, it, it, that is a challenge. And I know we've done shows on how to do that, how we did it and tried to give some tips and we've even done the divorce. I mean, there's, there's so much to unpack there, but the fear in the whole thing is, are we doing it? Well, are we doing it? So these kids know that we love them. Does everybody feel included? You know, are we giving them enough space? Are we not giving them, you know, whatever? I mean, we, probably communicate about this more than anything else, really. Yeah. I mean, more than house projects, more than finance, more than mm-hmm. anything. It is how are they doing the whole evening? Remember how we agonized over just the wedding? How do we include them? How is this one going to feel? How right, is this one right. going to feel? I mean, it's and, and at the root of it, there's fear that how are they reacting, right? It is a parent's job to make sure that we are setting them up for success. Mm-hmm. And when you get married and you blend, if anybody's not okay, I mean, that's not really the right way to say it, but just just making sure that all of their needs are being met. And it's challenging and it's fear-based. And that's just the relationship component. I mean, I think about fear of my son is very shy and he's an introvert and 
he's gone periods in of life where friends have disappeared and he's been alone. I mean, that's gut-wrenching fear for me that he's going to get bullied, that he has been bullied. Um, I, 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 paralyzing fear uh, watching him. Uh, and my daughter, the opposite. She's bold. She's loud. It's always joke. She gets it from her dad. It can't be me. Uh, but but <laughs> in such a way that um, it can hurt her in yeah. a way. I don't. Yeah. Oh, and, then, and then that's fear based. You even hear me hesitate. You know that that will rub people the wrong way. She's young, uh, and she's girls her age will shy away from her because she's so headstrong and. So, you, you know, there's fear and worry. Uh, there's guilt. Did I not go back to my career? Did I not spend enough time nurturing this? Should I have done more for my son? Am I doing enough for my son? Uh, am I pushing him hard enough out of his comfort zone to make friends? They say I push. I push too hard. But it's all fear. It's all fear. You know, I'm trying to rein her back in a little bit. And I'm trying to push him out there into the world. But it's all out of fear. There's also some element of hindsight. After the fact, you look back and thought, ah, in that circumstance, I should have done this differently or that differently. And that creates, to some extent, that fear and regret maybe falls in there. But you feel like in the moment you're doing what is right for yeah. whatever the circumstance may be. All right, so let's go back to the life coach side okay. of this. Okay. We've thrown a whole bunch at you. Analyze what we just said. <laughs> it's go. not a three-hour podcast. However, <laughs> I'm sure you could with everything we've said. Yes. Well, thank you. Thanks for letting me chat about this. I think that the regrets that we have in the past can also be reframed and rewritten. I mean, I have all kinds of regrets. Oh, if I hadn't said that one thing, then maybe I could have controlled the situation better. Oh, if I hadn't handled that better with my kids. I mean, especially with my kids, you know, as, as parents, all of a sudden we become, it's almost like you're in a snow globe and everybody can just see you and you're parenting out in public and you're parenting in all kinds of places. And after you think, whoa, I really should have done better there. But what happens is, is then if what's going to perpetuate the fear is if we can't bring self-compassion. If we can't go back and say, I was feeling fearful too. I was feeling really stressed out. Are you doing okay? And checking in with yourself and rewriting that story like we talked about earlier. Being able to say, you know, in that moment, I was feeling really overwhelmed. I was feeling really stressed. And you're, you're going to be a mom that's 50% kind of stressed and overwhelmed. And you're going to be a, 50, a mom 50% of the time that's going to be just amazing. Embrace all of you, you know. And kind of what you were saying, too, about your daughter and, and how sometimes you might be concerned, oh, she should be a little bit less bold. She should maybe tone down that a little bit. I'm not sure if that's how you're saying it exactly. <laughs> but what if, what if people reject her? And I just like to pause and say, Okay, that thought. What if people reject her because they see her, who she really is? I mean, I know you love her for who she is, but you don't want someone else to reject her, right? right. If you can realize that that thought right there, what if people reject my daughter, is really painful for you and isn't going to then motivate you to be, show up as the loving mom that you are for her, but rather it might show up instead as you trying to kind of to manipulate or to change her or control her or maybe don't do this or don't say that or don't act that way. It's all fear-based. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It comes out of, you know, deep down, it's this love for my daughter and I don't want to have you hurt, right? Mm-hmm. It's all out of that love. But if you can pause and say, wait a second, is there a more powerful way that I want to think about this? What do I really think? Is it a problem that other people might reject my daughter? 
And you just start to kind of, it's almost like you're on like a, a hunt, a detective, and you just dig and dig and dig. Is that thought a thought that is serving me to be saying, what if people reject her? So you just dig at your own thoughts and you explore it by journaling, talking to a life coach, and just analyzing, is this the thought that I want to drive my actions as I show up as a parent? Because ultimately, she's doing it all right. She's out there just living her best self, living who she is. She's 11. She doesn't know. She doesn't have these filters yet. And she doesn't worry about judgment. And it, it would be me looking at her going, well, you know, these girls have shied away or this girl, you know, is headstrong like you. And it, it just looking at the situation and um, putting an edit on something that doesn't need it. So, uh, yeah, that's very important. I feel that. <laughs> and your two kids are completely opposite of each other. I know. Polar completely opposite. Completely opposite of each yeah. other. He would walk in a room and stand in the corner and be perfectly fine for mm -hmm. as long as he needed to be. She'd walk in the room and, and make sure everybody knew she was there. Right. Quickly. Yeah. Well, she gets it from her dad. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. This is the truth circle. Right. I don't know. <laughs> All right. I want to talk about... I want to switch gears just a little bit into some of the questions. They're not rhetorical questions because as a life coach, you're going to be able to help us weed through how we answer these questions for ourselves. But using the word selfish, using the word selfless, and having what we, again, this stemmed out of wanting balance, wanting a work-life balance and realizing, you know, even if you have that one day, one day, everything goes great. <laughs> one day you, you have this great productive day at work and you make the kids sport and, you know, you worked out and you cooked a healthy dinner. That's fabulous. But the next day may look completely different. And then you said, how you do oversleep, I... oversleep. The yeah. alarm doesn't go off. Yeah. What kid runs from you yeah. and you're trying to button his pants. I mean, whatever it may look like. And in those moments you say, okay, is it selfish for me to be running and frazzled because I need to get to work? Or is it selfless because am I entitled to have that career for myself? Am I entitled to do this for myself? So when it comes to truly the balance of it all and using those words, selfish and selfless, how would you sort of guide someone? If, if I came to you yeah. in, a, in a client kind of way and said, this is what I'm struggling with. Yeah. Well, I love the example that you gave of the career because it's going to be a different answer for every person, right? When you check in with yourself, you check in with your values, your, your inner conscience, you know, and what feels right with yourself. You say, should I be, do I want to be working, you know, 40 hours a week? Do I want to be working 10 hours a week? Do I want to be working 70 hours a week? It's going to be a different answer for each person. But what happens is I think sometimes we tell ourselves in the first place, I shouldn't be selfish and I shouldn't go and pursue something that feels really inspiring and important to me. I should be giving my all only to my, my children and my husband. And we have a really fixed idea as to what that maybe should look like that I think that we're actually taking away one of the greatest gifts that we can give to our family, which is for them to see us happy. And it doesn't mean that, that we are, to go back to that word entitled, I, I, don't, I don't think it has to do as much with entitlement as desire. What am I desiring? Because I believe that our desires, they are, are unique for each of us and that we came to earth with specific desires that were going to help us in our journey, 
in life. So for me, I had I have five children and I had a really big desire to become a certified life coach. And it was no small journey to become certified. Very huge commitment. And I just paused and was like, oh, is this going to take away from me being with my kids too much? And I, I feared and I battled, is this selfish of me in this time of their lives to do this? But as I got still with myself, I journaled, I questioned, and I looked at and gave myself permission to say, it's okay to be selfish sometimes. There's nothing wrong with focusing on what things really bring me light and energy. I feel like it's actually been a blessing for my entire family, for them to see me going after my dreams, considering them as I made decisions, considering myself, our future, but also following those desires that I had. I want to answer basically, I don't know if it's really a story, but where I'm at personally in this journey with my career and my work-life balance is it was, I don't want to say all career because I had kids, but it was, you know, status and the store and then the second store and the podcast, the interior design firm, the classroom. I mean, it was just this massive status brand, all these different LLCs. It was all consuming. It just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's wonderful. I mean, I think that's a testament to who I am as an entrepreneur. And the kids were probably now the hindsight, the guilt. They were at the store a lot. You know, they just, whatever the balance was. Okay, well, that was in the past. We go to now, and I explained a lot about going through what I felt like was business burnout. When we closed the big 13,000-square-foot store, and then the other store had a fire, and it ended up closing, you know, because it was a fire, and we lost all the merchandise. And then I realized how much and how stressful all of that, all those LLCs, all those businesses were. It has taken me a tremendous amount of time. I call it business burnout time basically to heal from that and to really say, I thought it would just be last summer. And we've joked and we called that the summer of yes. I just did whatever my kids wanted to do. <laughs> and that would be out of guilt. Now, really facing this with you, that was my guilt. That was my way of saying, I've not been as present as I needed to be for you with all these years and with all this status business over here. Whatever you need for three months, I got you. And it was not without reason. I mean, they would ask for, can we have pizza? Yes. You have to say yes. Yeah. You know, they didn't ask, you know, to go to Disney World. I mean, it was within reason. Because we went to Universal. <laughs> went to Hollywood. Was I supposed we, to say that? We did do some stuff, yeah. Well, that was, yeah. But I couldn't come out of it. I absolutely found myself enjoying that time so much more and realizing, wow, this, I've missed a lot. I've missed a lot. My career became too much, and I didn't have a balance. I didn't feel a balance. It would be 25% home life and 75%. If I had to be really real about it, and now I'm really, really, truly struggling, which is one of the reasons I sought you out, is because I can't seem to get it to a 50-50. It's, it's right now, it's 75% my home, my kids, and my husband, and I love it. And just this little tiny 25% of my career. I love this podcast. It sits in the 25 because this is important to me and it's important to my listeners. I can't, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm, and that's why I wanted to do this show. I find my best shows are what are, is most relevant to me in the moment and saying, am I blocked? Am I, like, what is it? 
that I don't want? Is it fear? I'm so afraid to go to tip those scales back to the other 75, 25. I won't dip my toe back into my career. And yet I have so much guilt about knowing not going back to my career in that big way. So I have it sitting on both shoulders. It's like a scale. It's like all I want to do is be a wife and a mother and help Derek with the law firm and do my podcast. But yet I've got so much more to give. I don't know. You want to analyze that for me? <laughs> yeah. Can I ask you a couple questions? Please, please. Can we coach you Let's right now? Let's do this right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I would probably just start out with why are you telling yourself you should be at a 50-50 instead of a 75-25? I feel that I worked so hard to build that status brand. And while I'm comfortable with the retail side being put down, I, that is all consuming. When you own a retail store, not to mention two of them, I mean, that is a round-the-clock business. I have a lot of respect for retail owners because, whew, I mean, it's it's a full-time job in and of itself. Um, but with the interior design firm, the status market, the online, it, with everything that I built not continuing, not not having it live, it's almost like having a, a college education and not using it. There's that guilt in there and mm. that fear of, I worked so hard to create this amazing thing and I put it down and I healed and I reevaluated my priorities and my values and now I've got a path and the path is me going behind the blog and writing and teaching and I've had some public speaking and I love it and I think that's why I love the podcast so much. I'm a born teacher and I feel like it's my contribution to be able to put this stuff out there. And I don't have a lot of fear about talking and sharing my struggles. But I have a lot of fear about maybe not doing enough, not achieving enough. Um, it bothers me. Why? Um, the f honestly, when you said that, the first thing that popped into my head was self-worth. Hmm. Not achieving enough. If I sit back and it's everyone else's success and it's not mine, that really bothers me because I had so much and I let it all go and I've got to get back there somehow. Did you possibly, are you attaching the, the acknowledgement, the reputation that you had when you had those stores with how you felt back then about your self-worth? Because what happens is sometimes we think, I had all of this business and I felt good. Therefore, that's what caused me to feel good. But it's not. It's our thoughts about ourselves at that time that had you feeling so good. And you could have those exact same thoughts now about yourself and feel that good if you purposefully chose to believe those. And it takes work to sure. believe thoughts about ourselves when we're still not doing all that we used to do. But there, you can find ways of believing those same thoughts, whether it be, I'm awesome. People appreciate me. I'm fun. I'm creative. I'm an entrepreneur, right? You can still have all of those same thoughts and believe those same things about your current life as you did about your past life. I believe that. And that's what fuels that feeling of confidence and success Enjoy. What's really interesting is I started this show being frustrated with everyone else for sitting behind fear, right? It, that, 
I'm just a fly on the wall right now. Do you want to get in the hot seat? No, no, I'm good. I'm good. I've got a great, it's like a tennis match. I'm going back and forth between the two of you. Derek's here. He's just, he's not in the hot seat. We'll, we'll do something next show and put him, we'll analyze Derek. But there's a component of me and of my personality that isn't, and, and this is totally different. And what I'm realizing is these are two totally separate issues. My work life balance and why I feel this need to be working and be contributing and financially, you know, all the things that, that, you know, why I would want to go back to work and a a component of my personality that doesn't sit with fear, right? I started this by saying, I love to take big adventures. I love to train hard. I'm going to go to Guatemala by myself and meet 20 new friends and summit volcanoes. Like that's not a fear. I mean, that's me attacking. Of course I'm afraid. I'm going to a foreign country alone. And you're like, yes, there's deep-seated fears, but I'm going to do it. Um, I'm always the voice with my friends. Oh, Lita, get us in this restaurant. We can't get in. Lita will do it. Like I ju- and then, you know, I mean, I had an exa- I had to say something to a dear friend this week. And, and while it tore me up because I didn't want it to be um, received the wrong way, I was still the foreman to go approach someone, you know, on behalf of everyone else. And it's not that I seek out confrontation. It's just that I'm not afraid of it, right? So there's these deep-seated things in me that are bold. I'm not, I I never stand behind fear. And yet I'm feeling like this huge blockage, which would seek me to call a life coach and say, why, why am I blocked? Why, you know, will I fill my time with all these other things when all I feel like deep down I want to be doing is working on my career, but I'm not actually working on it. I'm going to the pool with my kids. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Again, I'm just enjoying listening. Well, we we fear negative emotion almost more than anything else. So I think sometimes, like for you maybe right now, you're like, but what if in a year from now, status is still just kind of status quo (laughs) and hasn't grown more? How am I going to feel? Am I going to feel, oh, am I going to feel like like a failure in that? Am I going to feel disappointed? Am I going to... look back over my year and say, what did I accomplish? Am I going to be down on myself? And all those negative emotions, like we run from a negative emotion like it's a bear. It's like, I don't want to feel that. But what's happening is, is we're feeling the negative emotion in that moment anyways, worrying about feeling it, right? Maybe you could just say, I'm in for it all. I'm in for the negative emotion that comes with working less. I'm in for the positive emotion that comes from working less. I'm in for what roller coaster I go through with my self-worth. I'm willing. I'm in, I'm in for the ride. Yeah. And what like nuggets you're going to find. Like how much you're going to grow if you're willing to follow your heart with the level of that you're going to go in with your business and if that diminishes. I love it. This is the point where I have to step in. Okay. I hate it, but we're Why? running short on time. No, we're not. We are. I'm well, in a, yeah, I'm in a it, session. <laughs> Yes, I realize that. But actually, I do want to go back to something real quick, too, though. Right at the very beginning, uh, Cynthia, you said thought you're a thought finder as a life coach to find the truth uh, hidden behind the thoughts. And I'm thinking about all the negative thoughts we put in our brain and exactly what you're discussing there as a life coach. But two other things that came to mind. One is the little train that could or the little engine that could. <laughs> I think I can. I, that I think book. I can. I think Aww. I can. That and also there's a book called The Power of Positive Thinking which is also along the same lines of you think it and it will come to pass. You've got to give that positive energy to whatever the 
idea may be, the plan may be, um, to change that fear into the power of that positive thought. Am I wrong? Am I on track? You're very right on there. But what I would caution against for everybody listening, this is a huge one for me, is that sometimes there are those positive thoughts out there, like face your fears. And Lita and I were talking about this the other day. Or maybe there's a positive thought out there like, I can do hard things or other things that we start to tell ourselves and we aren't interpreting it in the way that the person that said it. If they say to you, face your fears and all you do is drop into shame, I'm not facing my fears. I'm not doing a good job. And we start to just dwell on how we are not, we feel we're not enough. Then all of a sudden that positive thinking that we were hoping was going to be a boost for us is maybe not the right thought for Mm -hmm. us. So I always tell my clients, Hey, I'm going to give you a thought. This does not have to be the thought for you. It inspires me, but it might not be for you. Try it on like a shirt, right? Like, see, does it, do I like how this feels? Do, you know, do I feel like comfortable in this? So I throw a thought at you like, it's okay. Other people might be wrong about me. I can let them be wrong about me. You know, when we, when we think about how people are going to perceive us if we aren't working as much or if our status isn't going to be growing that, that, or that, your brand, right? It's okay for other people to be wrong about me. Well, you can try that on and say, is that the thought that's going to be good for me? Is that the right one for me? So it's not even always positive thinking. It's what thinking is true to me and helps me to create and generate the feeling that I'm wanting. Okay. And that also addressed really a question I had too, and that is uh, what your best advice would be to people that are struggling with this. And I think you've just nailed it on the head. You answered the question before I even asked it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think just the, the biggest piece of advice I would have is to be a compassionate observer of your own brain. I got to write that down. No, that's good. And it's, it's hard to do. It's, I don't, I don't, I, this is going to sound really arrogant and I'm, I do not mean it this way. It, it's not very challenging for me. I, I feel like I'm really good at having the bird's eye view I, I, in situations, even with myself. I'm, I'm good at recognizing when I lose my temper. I'm good. I, I don't know why. I just, maybe I've practiced it quite a bit. Um, I have lots of dear close friends and, and that can't. So I do know that as a statement that that's really, really challenging to do. Um, because it's ourselves and, and our fear and our emotion gets in the way. So even if you have a thought and you're trying to be compassionate, it's like you gave that example of being at the pool. Um, you have had to have practiced this Mm -hmm. to be able to look at five children running in different directions and feeling that judgment and say, it doesn't matter there. You know, it's, it, it doesn't matter. They're probably looking at you like, gosh, she's got it all together. You never, you know, right. You never know. Um, but again, it, it doesn't matter, right? Yeah. It's, it's their outside judgment, and it's, it's not to get, let the fears get the best of you. Yeah, and the, in that moment, what I just said to myself was, it's okay that you're feeling like scared that they're judging you. It's all right. I've got you. I yeah. love you, and I'm here for you. This is hard for you right now. I have to give one snippet of an example. I hope I haven't done this on the show before, but I was at SeaWorld with my children, and it was the third day of our trip. This was right when I closed my stores, and we just got out of town. Do not pass go. I mean, I just jumped. I literally booked a hotel at midnight, and we left at 9 o'clock in the morning. We just, I just needed to be with them. I was really struggling with 
the sadness of my store. There were a lot of tears. They, and on that trip, they wouldn't even let me check my phone. I mean, they just wanted me. There was just a lot of hugs. It really made me see, you know, how much of my present attention that they wanted and, and probably had been missing. We're not going to analyze the guilt and shame in that, but it's there. Okay, moving forward. <laughs> so this is day three of our trip, and we're at Universal. And by day three, now they're picking at each other, right? They're, they're tired. We've been in theme parks for three days. They're bugging me. And all day, I kept looking at my son. If you mess with her one more time, I swear to you, we're leaving. I'm out of here. Her, stop picking. You can't react when he messes with you. And all day, it was just like this. So all of a sudden, I just blew Okay, I blew. And I had noticed that when I blew, there was a whole family reunion happening over here to the right. They all had matching shirts. You've seen them. <laughs> You've seen them at the park, right? It's the somebody's birthday or whatever. There's probably 20 people standing right here. And I had had it with these kids. It was dark out. And it's one of those moments where like a commercial would be where you grab them by the collar and you're just shaking them like, I am done with you. And they're just standing there wide-eyed. And I said, we're leaving. And one of them looked at me and said, gosh, Mom, you don't have to get so mad. And I just, I had my finger in their, both of their faces. And I said, this is just good parenting. And the whole family reunion started clapping. <laughs> they knew. They absolutely, it's like what could have been a mom losing her SHIT. You know, like <laughs> they weren't. They knew that those kids had acted up enough that me finally saying, we're leaving, I've told you 14 times, you're still picking on him, you're still screaming, This we're done, we, let's leave this park. And I said, this is good parenting. Nobody was judging me, nobody. They, they saw a mom disciplining her kids correctly and not letting them get away with their bad behavior. So again, what could have been horrible judgment and could have been horrible negative self-talk ended up giving me a standing ovation. Because we've so all been there. there you go. We've exactly. all been there. Yes, yes. Exactly. That was a great little, well, I don't know, again, love that moment. I hate to say it's time to wrap it, it is, up. But it, it is. It is. It's probably way past time. Okay. And before we do, Cynthia, if you would tell everybody how they can find you. Yes. Yeah. So on my website is the best way. And you can also follow me on Facebook. My name is Cynthia Simonson, and that's Cynthia. Cynthia with an S and Simonson, S-I-M-O-N-S-E-N. And you can join my uh, mailing list. You can uh, like me on Facebook and come and reach out and I can do a consult with you. I love getting to know people. And most of all, I just love helping you to see the good in you and your potential. And you're fabulous at it. And I will want to make note, you are virtual. Yes. You book your, you know, you will send people a link. Um, this is how I went through the process. And everything is virtual, but you're there with your notes and your whiteboard. And it, it is fabulous. Yes. So I highly recommend if you like the session, you've got some fabulous nuggets out of our show today, uh, reach out to Cynthia because it is truly life-changing to work with a fantastic life coach. Thank well, I'm going to do a quick shout-out to our sponsor real quick. Then, Lita, I want you to okay. tell how they can find you. Well, this is a reminder, though, again, that Status Life with Lita is sponsored by Five Strands Affordable Testing. Gain personalized insights on how your body interacts with your diet and lifestyle patterns. All they need is five strands of hair, and you'll receive personalized results to help you reach your health and wellness goals. Visit fivestrands.com to learn more. 
I love five strands. Oh yeah, we we both did it. It was yeah, incredible. Our, and we did it on all of our kids. My report was seventeen pages long. So this <laughs> is detailed. It's fabulous. If you go to fivestrands.com, I have a, a code. Uh, what do they call it? A promo code. Promo code. Lita L E T A in all caps ten. You'll get ten percent off your kit. It's so, worth it. Very love much it. So. Love it. Love it. I am status life with Lita. That is my email. If you need to talk to me directly, if you have an idea for a show, if you have a comment from a show, this show, a past show. Uh, I love to hear from you. I try my very best to respond to every single email that I get. I Instagram, we talked about it earlier, Status Life with Lita. All the KDA, Kidney Donor Athlete info is up on there. Even Facebook, if you're still a Facebooker, Status Life with Lita. So that is all the ways to find me. It's super simple. And a reminder to donate to Lita for the uh, Kidney Donor Athletes, the the Three Volcano, what's it called, the official name? Climb. Three Volcano. Three Volcano Climb. All right. Well, thank you again, everyone, for joining us on Status Life with Lita, presented by the Law Office of Derek M. Hayes and Five Strands Affordable Testing. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any upcoming shows. This program and all the other shows are available on your favorite podcast apps. You can always enjoy any of our episodes anytime by visiting businessradiox.com, selecting the Gwinnett Studio, and then clicking on Status Life with Lita. Until next time, for Lita Brooks Hayes, I'm Derek Hayes, and you are listening to Status Life with Lita on Business Radio X.